1: It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge is another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we have the latest wheat market outlook from Sask Wheat. Redleaf Pulp holds farm meetings around Regina this week to discuss buying waste straw from local farmers. Real agriculture talks about potato production, APAS launches a task force for the next federal provincial farm support programs, and we have the latest market report on Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices. The farm weather is in its usual spot at
0: the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of
1: Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank. Call Mazank 306-721-6667. The latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook says demand remains strong for wheat and prices are improving. The outlook prepared by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting says spring wheat prices rose 13 cents a bushel last week on the Minneapolis Exchange.
2: Tunisia was back in the market over the weekend for 125,000 tons of wheat for November through December 21. Algeria bought an estimated 450,000 tons of wheat at around US 364 per ton. Pakistan was in the market for 640,000 tons with the lowest offer put at 377 US per ton. And Jordan was in the market for 120,000 tons of wheat. There are also more Chinese vessels appearing on the French lineup. And U.S. export sales were again slow at 290,000 tons, leaving the season total at 408 million bushel, this is down 20% on last year. It should be noted that the vast bulk of all recent business has been for nearby positions, and forward cover remains fairly poor. Here are some of last week's major news in the wheat markets by major wheat origin. We are starting with Canada. Average protein levels of wheat samples submitted to the CGC thus far are close to 15%, uh, 14.8% average to be precise, which is well above the 13.5% average. So protein spreads might be narrow this year, as this quality can be blended off with lower quality product to get to the 13.5 protein milling requirement. In shipping wheat 8, Canadian spring wheat exports were 265,000 tons for a season total of 2.3 million tons. That's at 73 percent of last year's volume, down 876,000 tons already. Derm wheat the record low production and tight stocks in the U.S. will be positive for Canadian Durham prices. We have seen this recently as Durham bits have risen back to the $20 bushel level. In shipping week date, Canadian Durham exports were 37,000 tons for season total of 576,000 tons, that's 39% more than last year to date. However, Over the crop year, Durham exports will likely be about 35% lower this year than the five-year average of 4.9 million tons due to the lower supply levels. Local bids have started to rise again, reflecting the rise in global wheat prices. Over to the United States. According to USDA's small grain summary last week, the 2021 U.S. wheat production dropped by 12% or minus 5.8 million tons from 2020. Specifically, soft white wheat, hard red spring wheat, and durum wheat production dropped by a big 47%, 44%, and 45%, respectively. The classes soft red winter and hard red winter were the only classes to increase in production and did so by about 2.5 million tons each. Hard red spring wheat and durum wheat, which both compete directly with Canadian wheat, are down by 6.3 million tons and 840,000 tons, respectively. The decrease in production per the USDA report contributed to the small 1,780 million bushel stock number. This was 72 million bushel less than expected and 378 million bushel less than last year. Winter wheat planting in the U.S. is 34% complete. However, dry weather conditions have extended the drought all the way from North Dakota down to Texas.
1: Borsh also says controversy may be brewing around a new genetically modified wheat developed in Argentina to be drought tolerant.
2: In fact, in response to the GM wheat reports, Brazilian flour millers are threatening to stop buying wheat from Argentina if Brazil approves GMO wheat imports officially. To give you some background, Argentina's Biosara has developed a genetically modified wheat resistant to drought and ammonium glufos- glufosinate. This GMO wheat has reported, reportedly been planted on f- about 55,000 hectares. Brazil imports six to seven million tons of wheat annually, most of which usually comes from Argentina. If a GMO ban were to occur, it could have considerable impact on world trade and FOB spreads. Argentina might be obliged to find other destinations, which could lead to lower FOB prices to compensate for the higher freight rates to go further afield, always assuming, of course, that they could find other destinations that would accept GM imports. At the same time, the U.S., Russia, and the EU would be vying for access to Brazil's market. We will need to follow the Argentine GM wheat story going forward.
1: Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting compiles the weekly market summary for the Sask Wheat website.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on six twenty CKRM.
1: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieeavestroughs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Redleaf Pulp is holding several meetings with farmers in the Regina area this week to discuss purchases of excess straw. Construction on a $350 million straw-based pulp mill in Regina is slated for next year with the facility opening in 2023. Waste straw would be turned into items like paper towels, tissue, and cardboard. The company held a meeting last night in Milestone and has scheduled a meeting tonight in Indian Head and tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. in Pence. The director of fibre procurement for Redleaf Pulp, Joe Hintz, says the purpose is to secure straw supply for the plant through non-binding letters of intent. He says Red Leaf requires 300,000 tons of wheat or durum straw per year to support its operations.
3: Yeah,
4: we had a meeting out in the area th- there last night, uh, looking to meet with growers to gauge their intent of supplying uh, wheat straw for our project. Fairly decent meeting. We are looking to have additional meetings tonight and in Indian Head and tomorrow in Pence. And, uh, yeah, it was just part of our reach out to the local agricultural community in order to, uh, to source
1: straw for our project. How was the turnout and were there many letters of intent to, uh, non-binding letters of intent to supply straw? Attendance
4: was, was pretty good. You know, definitely there's uh, some uh, field activities uh, still happening in the area. But with that, you know, we did sign some letters of intent. And, uh, yeah, we're we're excited about signing some additional letters uh,
1: in the additional meetings going forward here. Tell me about you've got meetings tonight and tomorrow, just where and when?
4: Tonight's meeting is in Indian Head at the Elks Hall at 7.30. And tomorrow's meeting is in Pence. It's at the Town Hall at 7.30 as well.
1: And the main purpose of these meetings, for farmers to show interest and uh, ask some questions? For sure,
4: yes. we, We want to create additional awareness regarding our project in the agricultural community just to tell them who we are, uh, what we are looking to do with our project, and how they can participate in in supplying straw, but not only straw, but uh, also if there's any interest in supplying uh, custom baling, custom logistics. And we're also looking for partners to uh, potentially uh, host satellite sites for our project as well, too, for straw
1: storage. I understand you require 300,000 tons of wheat and durum straw? That is correct. Yeah, that's on an annual basis, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what we will need. Will you need any other straw? Will you be able to take any other straw, like say barley or a- any other oats or flax or anything like that? Primarily for this first meal, we are looking at wheat and durum straw. However, uh, as we do additional
4: uh, pilot testing, we may expand the offering to to include barley and oat straw going forward, but we are we are working on doing some pilot testing on the feasibility of that first before we uh, we enter into uh, sourcing those types of straw.
1: Joe Hintz is the Director of Fiber Procurement for Redleaf Pulp, which proposes to build a $350 million straw-based pulp mill in Regina.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney, brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update
3: bring the energy of real ag radio to your next customer meeting or conference from your stage we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity it's time to talk potato production we're talking to kevin mcaissack he is with the united potato growers of canada kevin how are you very good, Sean. How, are, how is yourself doing uh, today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Kevin, as you look at uh, harvesters rolling across the country through the potato fields, what
5: what are we seeing in terms of yields? So yields, uh, it's a two-country scenario here from east to west. We have uh, very good yields, record-setting yields in terms of the uh, potatoes that are being harvested in the eastern, eastern four provinces of the country. We have uh, below-average yields in production in the western provinces, particularly in those of Manitoba and, and Alberta. So it's, it's, a, it's a line that divides the country, uh, and it's a reversal of last year where we had some very good yields in the western part of Canada and some uh, very poor yields in the eastern part of Canada.
3: So, Kevin, that's the yields. How about the progress of harvest?
5: So progress has been uh, been very good this year. We Some years in the past, we've had uh, seasons that didn't allow the crop to all get harvested. Western Canada has had some very nice harvesting conditions. Uh, growers are, are well along, nearing completion, many of them in, in Manitoba and Alberta. In the east, uh, w- winter comes a little bit later, so they don't have to be done quite as early, but uh, making very good progress there, anywhere from 30% up to uh, you know 70% in those uh, four eastern provinces. So we're on track for, uh, for where we need to be for this time of year.
3: Potato production is not like, say, canola or corn where the processor just goes out and, you know, buys more like the, the the production is very aligned to what the processors, you know, contract. Like there's not, there's not spec potatoes out there. So what do, what do processors do?
5: Yeah, it's a real, it's a real difficult situation because if you think back to a year ago uh, and when we were going through the COVID uh, you know, lockdowns for the pandemic, uh, demand was 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 a little crazy on the on the processing side. Restaurants were closed. Uh, fast food restaurants were were you know sit down portions were closed. So French fry sales were really uh, uh, unknown as to where that would go. Uh, and and of course it came back. They they did open back up. Restaurants opened back up. People love French fries. They love fast food and, and convenience of that. So the industry came back to almost where where they were uh, pre pre-COVID, pre-pandemic uh, volumes, so that's good, but as the industry was going through that a year ago, they, they in the unknown part of that, cut back on some of the volume that they, the processors would have thought they would require in the normal year, so they cut back volume a year ago, and uh, so that wasn't there, and then now we're, we're faced with a situation this year where we have production in the western provinces, Manitoba and Alberta being the two bigger ones, processing potatoes, where production is off, and this this was all negotiated in the form of a contract uh, last spring so not easy to change right now the only way to change that is to is to try and find open potatoes or purchase potatoes from from other areas and as we'll talk about a little later on there's there's some areas you know that we normally get potatoes out of the us that, that are not as plentiful in terms of their crop this year
3: yeah so let let's go there right now because I think it leads into what happens here in twenty two potentially is there's a big you know one of the big producing potato areas of the US is Idaho. and I, I've yeah. routinely heard from potato growers on both sides of the border as well as read in some. US publications about how poor that crop is from a yield standpoint because of the heat. So how, yeah. how from your from your sources, how, how poor is this crop?
5: It's it's down. It's it's certainly down from you know what we would see as a normal crop or slightly above normal crop. It's it's down significantly, uh, and it's a continuation of that weather pattern. That move, you know, Alberta south, uh, Manitoba south. You can just follow that that heat and that dryness. A lot of the potatoes in Idaho, of course, are irrigated as well, but just hot hot temperatures. And then when we go to the Columbia Basin, which is a you know a very very large producer of French fry uh, destined potatoes. It was so hot there, even with their, all of their potatoes irrigated, the stands just could not come back and produce the yields that they, they need to have. So that's a, that's a significant issue that, that industry in Canada faces, where the potatoes uh, potentially imported from. They're likely not going to come from either one of those two areas. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at
3: realagriculture.com.
0: It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620
1: CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today, hazy, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high today, 29 degrees, the low 8. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, local smoke, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high tomorrow, just 18, the low plus 2. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 15, the low 4. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 15, the low 1. Sunday, sunny, the high 17, the low 2. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 13, the low 1. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 10. Normal high for the state is 14, the normal low is minus 1. The sun rose at 7.07 this morning. It sets at 6.26 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Winyard at 29 degrees. The cold spot, Jimmy Lake up north at 7. Estevan is 27. Saskatoon, 18. Swift Current, 23. Weyburn 27, Yorkton is 21. Cloudy and Regina 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit, Windsor from the southeast at 24. Humidity is 20%, the barometer falling 100.9. Cloudy and Moose Jaw 22, Windsor from the southeast at 18. Once again, Regina, Cloudy and 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com, And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. APAS has launched a task force to work on a new five-year federal provincial agriculture funding agreement president Todd Lewis says the current funding agreement ends in March 2023. He says the federal provincial agriculture ministers will discuss the next farm policy framework at a meeting next month.
6: Well, the uh, current framework is due to expire in uh, March of 2023. So, of course, the federal and provincial government negotiations are are underway. Currently, uh, you know, there's there's a uh, federal provincial territorial ministers meeting coming up in November. And The talk is there that they're going to be talking about uh, the next policy framework. So there's no time like the present to begin uh, talking about what farmers would like to see in the new policy framework. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's very timely with all the issues we've had this uh, last growing season, uh, you know, be it in the livestock or grain sector. uh, Drought has really affected farmers' income, and so therefore business management programs are more important than ever.
1: What kind of program improvements do you feel are needed?
6: Well, I think certainly uh, agri-stability, you know, there's long, long-standing uh, design problems with it. Uh, we, you know, have very low participation rates here in the province uh, in agri-stability. Farmers have voted with their feet in that program. Uh, they're not involved in it because they don't see it as something that's viable or something that is bankable either. And, and uh, certainly uh, a lot of producers uh, aren't participating just because they don't see any way that they'll uh, trigger a payment. So. I think that's one example. Uh, you know, that's another problem with AgriStability would be uh, it uh, if you're strictly grain or strictly livestock, it treats you differently than if you're a mixed operation. And you know, really mixed mixed operations really don't participate in AgriStability either. So I think that's just one example of a of a major program that uh, has a lot of flaws on it.
1: Your statement says that farmers are facing increased risks. What do you mean there, and what would help?
6: Well, I think you know we've seen uh, every year uh, you know increasing income, uh, increasing costs, as well as things like uh, international trade pressures and really the weather as well. It seems to be more unpredictable than than it has been. So I think farmers are looking for uh, you know programs that are going to back them uh, and uh, help them when uh, some of these risks come to the forefront. The canola problem we had with China, for instance, is a as a huge trade trade issue that uh, really cost uh, Saskatchewan farmer at the end of the day, it's going to cost us billions of dollars. And, uh, you know, we still haven't got that problem rectified yet with uh, even with the release of the two Michaels and so on. We still have trouble gaining access to the Chinese market. So I think uh, we have more pressures than ever in agriculture, and and it's really important that we have good business risk management programs to uh, back agriculture through these difficult times.
1: APAS has named a six-member task force. Why six members, and what areas will they look at?
6: Well, we're going to, uh, you know, we're we're right all across the province. Bill Pervilski from out uh, in the Yorkton area is our vice president, and he's during the task force. We have some, uh, you know, good cross-section of producers, be it livestock producers, uh, as well as crop and mixed operations. So it's uh, right across the province. Uh, another well-known name on the task force would be Norm Hall, our former president, and, well-known farm leader from you know really across the last decade here in the province and has had uh, lots of experience with uh, negotiations and with business risk management programming so you know we also have people like scott owens from up by north battleford and as well as trevor green uh, a cattle producer down in the moosman area so Really, uh, we're, we're all across the province in a good cross-section of agriculture, uh, be it livestock producers or grain producers or uh, mixed producers as well.
1: Todd Lewis is the president of
0: APAS. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM.
1: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were showing downward movement during the past week Acting provincial cattle specialist Natasha Wilkie says prices were down on higher volumes.
7: Well we saw unfortunately prices go down for a majority of the weight classes, I guess, for both steers and heifers. The exception we saw there was the lowest weight category for both steers and heifers and then the heaviest weight category for heifers. So you know, if we look at directly at the feeder steer prices, they the prices there range from two hundred and seventy five dollars and ten cents per hundred weight for the 300 to 400 pound weight category, $282.17 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound weight category. Like I said, the only price increase we saw was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category with prices going up $7.60 per hundred weight. And the largest price decrease we saw for the steers was in the 900 plus pound weight category. And those guys went down $3.71 per hundred weight. When we just look at the heifers, the prices there range from $220.29 per hundred weight for the 300 to 400 pound weight category, $275.68 for the 800 plus pound weight category. The largest price increase we saw was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category, with those girls going up $2.49. The largest price decrease we saw was in the 600 to 700 pound weight category, and those girls went down $1.84 per 100 weight to end the week averaging $182.83.
1: What were the main factors influencing these market changes?
7: Well, I would say volume was probably the biggest factor this past week. We saw quite a large number of cattle coming through the auction market. It actually doubled. Uh, And then the futures markets also put some pressures on prices as both the live and feeder futures markets saw noticeable week over week declines. And what were marketings? So Canfax reported a total of 16,889 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week. Like I said, that's pretty much double the 8,300 head the previous week and is even higher than the 11,356 head marketed during the same week in 2020.
1: What happened with market-ready cattle prices?
7: Well, the price for Alberta fed steers this week, or last week, sorry, edged lower. So they ended the week at $157.71 per hundredweight, and so they went down $0.30. We'd look at the cull cow market. The price of D2 slaughter cows saw a 1.5% increase, and so they ended the week averaging $81.40 per hundredweight, while the price of D3 slaughter cows, they also saw a price increase of $0.35, and so they ended the week averaging $71.14 per hundredweight.
1: Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie
0: compiles the Weekly Cattle Market Summary. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market
1: Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose a dollar forty at eight ninety seven twelve. Lentils fell eleven dollars at ten thirty six fifty. Number one red spring wheat gained seven seventeen at four zero three thirty four. The rest were unchanged. Durham, six sixty one fifty nine. Feed barley three twenty four sixty five, flax twelve thirty two forty one, oats four twenty three fifty three, yellow peas five forty four eighty nine, feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December rose eight and three quarter cents at nine thirty four and a quarter cent a bushel.
0: It's the livestock reports on the source
1: six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842 4574. Now, the latest quotes.
7: Assiniboia Livestock had a regular sale on September 22nd. Prices have stayed similar since our last sale. D1 and D2 cows sold from 77 to 87 cents. D3 cows sold from 49 to 67 cents. And slaughter bowls sold from 92 to 104. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cineboy Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day.
1: Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices.
8: Ham sold 6,800 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 208 to 240 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,100 head, selling in a range of 209 to 230 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down, selling in the range of 63 to 70 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is up 5 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2575. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.15 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash markets are mixed midweek with the negotiated Western Corn Belt 20 cents U.S. 100 weight higher than the previous day but still trending below last week's base price. The national region is up 27 cents while the cutout adjusted variant came in $3.70 lower after the net value of the cutout posted a one-day $4.27 100 hundredweight drop. The net carcass value is still the second-highest in record for the marketing week, but the daily drop was led by hams, which were $14.93, a hundred-rate lower on the day, and has been a volatile cut more broadly. Daily double-digit gains or loss have not been uncommon in hams in recent weeks. Much of the volatility is due to the ongoing labor issues at the processing level, and the degree to which meat buyers can access the cut, and in what format, that is, owned or not. Coming up, the Resource
0: Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op
1: Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Saskatchewan government says tech companies in this province are showing strong momentum. Saskatchewan venture capital investment reached a record-breaking level of $171 million for the first half of this year. Innovation Saskatchewan Minister Jeremy Harrison says the investment momentum continues with strong wages, lower cost of living and government programs to encourage investment. He points to an aggressive investment tax credit program, the Saskatchewan Technology Startup Incentive, offering a 45% tax credit to Saskatchewan-based investors. He says the program has generated over $40 million in private investment, resulting in 150 jobs. Harrison adds four Saskatchewan tech companies made this year's list of Canada's top-growing companies, including Vendasta, Seven Shifts, Coconut Software, and S-Media. He says investing in innovation realizes more economic opportunities and improved quality of life for Saskatchewan residents. On the markets, the TSX is down 125 points at 20,058. The Dow has dropped 259 points at 34,054. Oil is down $1.62 at 77.31 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 21 hundredths of a cent at 79.25 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada.